Let me just preface this podcast by saying, if you're a Nebraska fan who's looking for the, you know, everything's going to be okay, just give this time, uh, you might want to leave the room because that's because that's not the vibe I'm getting right now. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I don't think we can uh, conscionably make that podcast. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. And my other cold open I was thinking of is, Nick, you know Percy Jackson, right? You right, yeah. those books. Yeah, I love those books. You know that character who who's eternally punished by having a drink over his head, but he can't drink it, and that's like his personal version of hell. He can never drink yes. again. Yeah, he's like some weird punished like deity feature. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, no, I know what you're talking about. That's our offense. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> Yeah. Like, we had the ball in Purdue territory to start the drive four times, mm-hmm. and we got three points off of those drives. Three! <sighs> Two blocked punts that we didn't score from. Good Lord. The inter- existence is pain. It is. It really is. We catch an interception in the first quarter. The The freakiest play of the year, really. Like, I, at the beginning of the year, I never thought I'd see Darian Daniels holding a football on the field. So that happens, and so we get a first and goal. And if we punch it in there, you have to think we win the game. You have to, because yeah, because we gave Purdue an in as soon as we cut yeah. the field goal team out from the one yard line. I think if there's one culprit that I haven't seen people yell about enough. In this game, and there's been some talk about it, but something I didn't see enough outrage about was offensive play calling. Mm-hmm. It was just dreadful, and I don't know exactly who's responsible for that. Obviously, every offensive staff has a little bit different dynamic of how much is the quarterback making their own decisions, how much is the coach making decisions, how much is the offensive coordinator involved. But something's not working there, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist or even, like me, a real sports journalist to be able to, like, tell there's some shit going on, and we haven't quite figured this out. And I think that that probably has a lot to do with some of the other issues that we're discussing, right? Like, receivers not getting open, Amart not finding his rhythm... All of these things... Well, sometimes the receivers were actually open this game. Which was a plus. That was a huge positive. It's just that he missed three touchdowns yes. on him. Yep. And Absolutely. Yeah. So the reads were terrible. And I do agree with your point about the play calling. I believe in the third quarter, the second drive where we got a field goal after getting it to like first and goal, uh, we ran one of our many, many screen passes by the goal line. And instead of, you know throwing it to Wandale Robinson and having somebody like Jack Stoll block for him on the outside, we threw it to Jack Stoll and had Wandale Robinson block for him on the outside. What logic goes into that? Nope, if, I don't know. If, if you're throwing it to Stoll, he should be in the end zone if it's a goal line package. You shouldn't have your shortest guy try to block an obviously bigger linebacker who should be caught by the tight end that's how football just works that's just plain how football works and then as soon as we pick off a shovel pass and we take it to the two we run a shovel pass we don't hit him in the mouth and 
run up the middle, right. which I get that that is not you know as automatic as it should be for any football team. But it worked last time we were down there. Our offense looked beautifully on the first drive. It almost always does. Mm-hmm. We almost always... Why do we start well and then the wheels just completely fall off the bus? I, I think there's a... I think Frost scripts his drives, basically. Yeah. I think this is kind of well known at this point that he scripts them. Yeah. And then, so when something goes off script, the team just sticks to the script instead of adjusting. We don't adapt the, well enough. We don't to adapt. Like... like, you notice how our offense started playing good again in the final drives when we were basically out of the game because our defense was error404.exe yeah. not working. Yes, I did a Microsoft Internet Explorer reference. Yeah. Yeah. So you did. Our, our offense started working again. I think after we looked at the defense and saw, here's what we need to run that's working. You know, here's what we need to run based on the fact that our quarterback cannot throw to an open receiver for the life of him. You know, we made the passes shorter, like, because anything above 20 yards is just a crapshoot, you know? Mm hmm. It's a mess. And then, yeah, we don't even need to get into the defense. They just, they're just not tackling. It's just no, no improvement from 2017, which was the final year of the Riley era, which what most people assumed was rock bottom. Like, yeah. Like, we got beat by 33 at Minnesota that year. In a year where Minnesota, I want to... I'm not going to look it up right now, but I believe they went like seven and five or five or seven and something like that that year. So, well, it, like looking forward to our next game, what's Wisconsin's record? Oh, they're like six and two. Okay. Yeah, yeah which is fine. Yeah, for, yeah, they're only totally mediocre Wisconsin team, probably. Yeah, they're not having a bad season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Sure, they laid an egg, but in the grand scheme of football seasons, you'd rather be six and two. I'd say if you're Wisconsin. You know, you're sort of weary of what Minnesota's doing, but Minnesota's probably going to lose to Penn State this week. And then, you know, if you beat Minnesota, you can probably still have an outside chance at the conference, you know? So that's still out there if you're Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. Wisconsin still has incentive to play us. That Minnesota game in 17, there really wasn't any incentive for them other than maybe outside shot at bowl. So that's what we thought was sort of rock bottom for this program, but this Last Saturday, that felt lower because this actually felt – because Mike Riley's program felt like it was going nowhere from the, like, get-go of that year. felt like it was going nowhere. This team, everything that's been said is like, we are going somewhere, and that Purdue game was like, we are still at nowhere. That Purdue team was a team that on paper was obviously worse than us. There's no way to deny it. We, they had half as many wins as we did. They had a third-string quarterback. They had their star wide receiver out for the game. Their injury list was longer than ours. The more you think about it, is, there's there's no way to justify anything. Is there? That was what I was just gonna. Ask. Is there any positive we can take from this game, other than the fact we mentioned earlier, like our receivers slowly but surely seem to be getting more open and making bigger impacts on the game. Adrian sometimes had time to throw. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it doesn't. squandered it so it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, he might be worse when you give him more time to think. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we've exhausted the 
the micro of this game. I believe I'm using these terms right, so if I'm not... Yeah, we've, we've probably gotten correct the weeds. Like, yeah, so we've, just, the micro is like... I'm going to borrow the Bo Pelini phrase. You saw what happened. Yeah, none of it was good. None of it was good. We, well, what do you want us to say? So now here's where things felt, start to get a little bit interesting. The macro, where do we go from here? Is not it, a damn bowl game. Nope. That's where we don't go. Nope. I'm, I'm not just even talking about this season. I'm talking about anywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I've been and particularly looking to the end of the year and how things might change and next year. Um, I happen to be following somewhat closely, um, and by that I mean, you know, poking through Twitter, watching preference conferences. And it seems like between before the Purdue game and after the Purdue game, Scott Frost seemed to make a comment that that was like some people you know we're we're trying to build something here and some people might not need to be there for that to happen or might need to not be here for that to happen or some some you know he he does the whole football coach word word yeah. soup of like i i am the least articulate person ever let's put myself in front of the state press this is for whatever reason an american ritual that football coaches are terrible at expressing what they actually mean i any league in the world i think college football coaches I mean, high school football coaches are probably worse well high school football coaches at least the school makes them present themselves in front of a classroom for five days a week. Right, so they actually have learned how to talk. Yeah, they actually can talk to people. Like, yeah. I, I get that a lot of high school coaches are there just to coach and not to teach as we compose the test. Yep, <laughs> But if you would go up to them after class and be like, hey, I didn't understand this, they'd be like, oh, uh, read the book. Right. Yeah, there would they, be some explanation instead of just like you saw what happened on the board. Like yes, exactly. <laughs> they at least try to give you an explanation. Whereas these college football coaches are just like, what are even words? You know, oh, a grumpy. I'm grumpy. This team is not buying in, and just wash, rinse, repeat every week after a loss. You know, we've seen no progress on the field. We've also seen no progress off the field this year. It reminds me of the Atlanta Falcons, because I am also a Falcons fan because I do this to myself for some reason. Yeah, your life sucks, man. It really does. And I remember after the team started 1-3 and three this week, this year, <laughs> Coach Dan Quinn like, famously said in the press conference, like, we're pissed. And then there was a big graphic the Falcons posted of just his angry face and the words in big white letters, we're pissed. Yep. Yep. So that was the whole mentality of we're going to fix this. And then they lost their next four in a row. Well, but here's the thing. I don't sufficiently even see the we're pissed mentality from this Nebraska team. I don't see it enough from Scott. I definitely don't see it from the players. There was a little bit of that from um, after Ohio State yeah. from Verduzco, I think. Uh, he said a few things that made me think, oh, like maybe, maybe there's like actually, but I don't, have we just decided this year is a wash? I, Which I is a defensible so. position, but like, I don't know, a better team than a, a team, it's not even better. It's a team that's playing to get after it, a team that really wants to. 
has the potential in a game like a Wisconsin game or an Iowa game to play up to their opponent. Mm-hmm. We definitely, if you look solely at the talent disparity, both of those teams are probably better. Wisconsin considerably, Iowa slightly. But, like, playing as a unit, being able to make big plays when necessary, being able to close out, we can't score from the goddamn two-yard line against Purdue. What is happening? It was a running joke in the game that we didn't want to get within the five between me and my friends who were watching. Because when we got within the five, well, you know, are we allowed to punt from the three-yard line? Like, how does this... What do we do? We'll just give you the ball on the 20 and let you guys try. Like, it was just... That's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And to watch to watch that and know that in two weeks we have to play Wisconsin. And then a Maryland team, which is probably going to be trickier than this Purdue team. Oh, absolutely. And then an Iowa game, which is all... Like, that's going to suck if that's a beatdown. And I think that's the mentality we're already in. Yeah. Those players are going to be think lose by two scores and not five. That's where they're going to be at. And I can't blame them but because we don't look like a team that can win right now. No. And then you saw it in the later stages of the Purdue game. There were guys who were just straight up taking plays off, it looked like, yep. on the defensive end. Absolutely. There were plays where Lamar Jackson, who is by far and away our most talented defender, and the only person on that defense who I will say has improved from where he is from where he was last year, which is problematic on a number of levels. That number one, it's only one guy, and number two, it's this guy, the guy who just stood around on a play. You know, I get that you know we sort of had the guy cornered with two guys, but you saw how we've been tackling all game. You run to the football. Two guys obviously is not going to get a Purdue receiver down based on how we defend. Just get after the football. Get an assisted tackle. What are you? What are we doing out there? Not Our yet. linebackers are never in position. Our pass rush is non-existent, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Other than when Purdue has guys running all the way down the field, and you know they're covered, and then we didn't. We never rushed people. We leave. We leave. You know. You know, half the damn team in coverage, and you know. Well, we were rushing like three on half of their plays. Their quarterback had all the time in the world to think and make a decision. And like, that's not a good way to play football, especially in the Big Ten when you've got weak quarterbacks who are only going to be able to make happen when they have time. Yes. You know? And then when we did drop people back in coverage and they were working and then that gave our linemen a chance to get to the quarterback, we had nobody in a spy. Nope. So Purdue's tall, lanky, white quarterback – went all the way up and down the field on us because we never thought, hey, let's stop the quarterback run. And then when we did blitz, on the rare occasions we did, I can think of one third down off the top of my head right now where we blitzed, we got the quarterback a bit flustered, then he throws off his back foot, and the tight end makes, like, this crazy catch. Yep. Okay, that's not going to work every time. You know, obviously, that was not the result we were hoping for. But why not try it again? They're not going to make that completion every time. Well, why not go, oh, that didn't work. Let's go back to playing conservatively. Right. And that's what makes me so worried about this team. All of these problems. Because I, again, am... Football's not even my favorite sport. I know fairly little compared to a lot of different things I follow about football. But I can tell you that some of these decisions don't make a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Like, that's legitimately concerning for the future of this program if none of the staff changes. 
um, and if we don't see improvement through next year. And that kind of thing is why I genuinely believe that if this continues, Scott could be gone earlier than some people think. Because these stupid mistakes are starting to wear on people. And the fact that they're happening across the board, not just from players, not just from the coaches, not just weird freak little accidents. I think a lot of last year was stuff where it's like, oh, well, God, you know, if we had had six less turnovers and three better called plays, we could – I'm talking across the season. Oh, okay. Not in a game. Because this is what we are this year. That's one game. It's like, oh, if we had six less turnovers, yeah. we'd better plays on every single well, third down. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that we could have gotten to the point where we were – you basically could have flipped our record oh, last yeah. year. Because Easily we were in yes. striking distance of that all year. Yes, the Northwestern game comes to mind where mm-hmm. – we blew like a 10-point lead in two minutes. If Northwestern just does one thing wrong for the final quarter of that game, we win that one. And then the Ohio State game was just a toss-up all, all four quarters. Somehow, we went on the road and did that to them. Same thing with the Iowa game. So those could have been three wins right there. Absolutely. Quality wins. Yeah. Right? And, and like, then if Adrian doesn't go out, we beat Troy, you know? Right. And if well, and that's the thing. If we'd played Akron, we yep. probably could have beat Colorado because we would have had less jitters against Colorado. Like all of these things systemically fell apart last year, and like we we had to like yeah just pick up and move on to the next week, which wore down on fans, of which I'm sure wore down on players. But this year, to get to the point where it's like, how do we how do we win that game? How do we put ourselves in a position to win that game? It's like well. You need to replace the entire first and second string. Uh, and like, like there are key positions in which it feels like we are totally underperforming. Earlier in the season, wide receiver looked like it. Now, huge parts of the defense seem totally deficient to be playing in the Big Ten right now at yeah. this level. I, what, what, what the hell are we going to do? Like, how do we – how do you get a team that cannot score – from the two-yard line, back to the point. Which, and that happened several times in the game. What, there were probably three times that we were within the five that we didn't finish mm-hmm. or at least had to settle for a field goal? Yep. That's unacceptable. That is not – And like, yeah. Keep is, in mind, this is against a 2-6 and six team. Who showed up. Let's, let's not be unreasonable. For Purdue, that was a good-looking Purdue side. For, like, the second half of the game. Yeah, yeah, for the second half of the game. They tried their darndest to give it to us, and we just didn't want it, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. two blocked punts and two interceptions. I know. What more Zero points need? off of all of – three points after three, all of that. Three points after all of that. So, yeah. So, so you mentioned <sighs> Frost could be gone sooner than expected if this continues. How soon do you see that being? Oh because Scott, this is where it gets navel gazing and stupid really fast. But okay, okay because we Scott's record is like eight and sixteen right now. I'm probably getting that wrong. And then uh, another record is nine and fifteen, I believe, which was Willie Tagger at Florida State's record in his tenure there. Willie Tagger is no longer the coach at Florida State. Mm-hmm. And he was hired the exact same year Scott Frost. Was. I saw about this on Twitter. Yeah, so. Florida State got so mad that they drove him out of town. When do you think that happens with Frost? Because Taggart's buyout 
I add, was three million more than what Scott's buyout yeah. well, is. Well, that was just what I was about to say. You just gave me two numbers, right? I'm gonna give you two. Seven years and thirty-five million. That's how much we're paying Scott Frost but over his the next buyout is still not as much as the Florida State's coach. No, was. absolutely. But you also have to bear in mind that we're paying buyouts not only still to Mike Riley, but didn't we just did we just finish the Pelini one or are we still paying Pelini? We're done with Pelini and I believe we're gonna be done with Riley rather soon too. Okay. If every single year every every three years you're buying out another coach and hiring another one presumably for more because these jobs don't get cheaper to secure especially to convince someone to take over this team if you really did want to get rid of scott frost you're gonna end up with like i don't know Less miles or somebody I from would like, take less miles. He's entertaining as hell. He'd he's fit right in like, in Husker Nation. Like he's won four games at Kansas. Yeah, no, absolutely. But like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna end up with people who've been rejected from bigger schools who are gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna be back to the whole we're hiring a Mike Riley type situation. Yeah. Right? That does not sound enticing to me. Yeah, There's we're, we're nothing... not gonna get the up and comers. We're gonna get the I've been stuck in this town forever. Let's see what Lincoln's Right. Maybe if I go to Lincoln, I can get a bowl game. Maybe even one of those fancy ones like the Gator Bowl. Like, give me some of them uh some of them holiday bowl. You got any TechSlayer.com balls? You got any uh you got... <laughs> <laughs> you got any uh, uh, Valero Texas Texas Heart of Texas bowls or the Texas Heart Attack Bowl? <laughs> yeah, the Texas Heart. That's that's apt. Here, stupid bowl names. Let's do a little research here. The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> I love how we're making fun of this. Uh, San Diego Credit Union Point Shedia Bowl. You got that wrong. It's the San Diego County Credit Union Point Shedia Bowl. You're right. <laughs> Auto Nation Cure Bowl, Raycom Media Camellia Bowl, Buffalo Wild Wings. Wait, they own the Citrus Bowl now? Yep. I'll be damned. <laughs> Camping World Independence Bowl? Like, in case you want independence from camping. <laughs> God, don't I ever. Isn't that just owning a home? <laughs> That has to, we're gonna need to do a whole special on this around bowl season. Oh, but yes, absolutely. That's one of the worst subject verb agreements I think in bowl game name history is Camping World Independence. I think we should make a whole segment where we do a pick 'em specifically for bowls. Yes, I think that'd be great. Yeah. So, so okay. Let's say we go four and eight next year. Is Frost coaching for his job year four? You think? Uh, I think in that world, there is a distinct possibility. I'm not saying it's above 50%, but there's a distinct possibility that he doesn't have a job year four, right? Mm-hmm. It would be, it would suck out loud for us to have to do that for a million reasons to get rid of the new Hosanna after three years and pay him most of his contract not to coach for us and probably what? Go back to UCF, like UCF's doing. They're not U- his UCF, but they've got the foundation there. But like, I don't even know what he would do or where he would go. And like, the thing is, like, what if he goes somewhere else and turns them around? How stupid do we look? What kind of like 
how deep must the malfunction in Husker football be if that's if he were to do that now I I really do think he deserves at least four even at this current pace right four years you're working on pretty much solely your recruits because even your redshirt freshmen from your first year are juniors then mm-hmm. right so you've probably got some redshirt senior holdovers from the riley era but frankly they've probably all transferred out or moved on because they didn't like your scheme and how you do things anyway right after four years this is your team and it is probably i i i hesitate to say this but like not going to turn around by leaps and bounds I, I'm with you there. Before this weekend, I was still like, I, I still had hope in the sense that we would be at least a bowl team every year going forward after Scott. Like at, on the podcast after Indiana, I was, I said we could lose to Purdue, but deep down that was just the frustration talking, talking, and I didn't really mean it. You know, after we scored the first touchdown and got the pick, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, come on. We're bad, but we're not Purdue bad. Turns oh, we, out we're Purdue bad. Turns out we are worse than Purdue bad. So now, I honestly cannot say with certainty that Frost will make a bowl game next year, or he will make a bowl game in my stint here at the university before I graduate. I don't know if he'll make a bowl game. I cannot say with confidence, given the schedules that we have in the coming years, You know, j- just our first five games next year, Central Michigan is the only one I say confident right now we're going to win. You know? Central, because we got Cincinnati coming up. They could win the American. Mm-hmm. We, got South Very Daco- tough team. we got South Dakota State next year. They're consistently a Final Four team in the FCS. They're, that's probably better than us. You know? Yeah. We could start 1-4 next year. And we open with Purdue. And we haven't beat Purdue with Frost as coach. So how, how am I going to expect it to be different next year? There's a very real chance that against like four teams who are easily beatable just by name recognition alone by Nebraska standards, like you could cherry pick any year in college football almost, and we'd be better than those teams even in our off years. Yeah. But I can't say with confidence that even next year, three years in to our new coach, to our like if he can't do it, nobody can guy. That he's going to do it. Like, you know, I'm also readjusting, like, I get that we're probably never going to be what Alabama and Clemson are now again. So, yeah, because we were in the middle of nowhere. and I wouldn't say never. I think that there's a distinct possibility that, like, we challenge for a, like, maybe not powerhouse perennial. But yeah, I think that there's, okay, about. I think that there's a good chance that we get back to a place where we can swing between eight and four and Polini. huh so you want the Polini era basically well no 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 I, well, like I not with the, the problems the but Polini, just with the records the Polini era without the problems and but also like slightly better records now and then okay. right like like if we had under Bo, if one of those seasons instead of a nine and three okay. was a ten and two right or we won our side of the conference and went to um, a conference like if if we'd won a Big Ten under Bo, yeah. he'd still be here. Oh, right? absolutely! Like there, if... there's no firing. He could have you know shot someone on O Street, and we'd still have him here. But like, 
Yeah, because it's been since 99, since the year I was born, last time we won a conference championship. Bo got us there twice. I guess we were no, technically still alive for that. Yeah. But couldn't finish. And that was a key part of it. Three times, yeah. The first time, yeah. It's 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 the Texas screw job of the century. So but everyone was still hopeful that mm-hmm. okay, he got us here this quickly. Mm-hmm. What's he gonna do next? Gets us there again against Oklahoma, final year in the Big Twelve. We were up seventeen nothing at one point, and of course we lose. Right. And then this was our best chance yet, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We have the whole squad. We got Taylor Martinez, Kenny Bell, Abdullah, Jamal Turner, the whole shebang going up against a team that finished third in the other division because Ohio State had a postseason ban, and so did Penn State. <laughs> we were playing a 7-5 and five Wisconsin, and we gave up 70 to them. Yep. And that that's the thing. Like, I think that we can get... I don't know if it's under Scott. I don't know if it's under somebody else. I don't know if it's 10, 20, 30 years away. But it really does seem that there, there is more want to in the fan base and mm-hmm. in the University of Nebraska. But do to, you think that will keep going up even as we keep sliding down forward? Like, like let's necess- say we go like 3-9 and nine next year and then, you know, the frost well, replacement or whoever goes 4-8 and eight again. We would have gone like five straight years without a Without a bowl, do you think fans are still going to clamor for that national championship? Or do you think that they're just foaming at the mouth for eight and four at that point? Oh, for a while, right? But then you give us that eight and four and we go, ah, nine and three would be cool. Nine Mm -hmm. and three would be really cool. I mean, oh, man, if we get to ten and two, that's a New Year's six bowl. You know, and and that's going to slowly spiral to be like, okay, here we are. We're, We're back to that. Early 2000s, even under Bo, like we are foaming at the mouth to eventually work to a national championship bid at the you know at the time, um, and I think that like, frankly, for Nebraska, the playoffs a great thing. If we went to the playoff and lost in the semi, even if they expanded the playoff and yeah. we lost in the quarter. Oh my God! This town would go berserk and be happy, and we'd never, ever, ever sell out that coach ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Which like that Nebraska team that lost to Texas in a quarterfinal size playoff, easy, yeah. right? No sweat. So like, I really do think that like, you know, it's 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 feasible to get to get back to that point. In a sense, we we will never we won't be in Alabama ever again. No. We won't win back to back ever again. But I think that the idea that we could win a couple national championships in our lifetime, and like also cycle back towards the top of college football, be a perennial top twenty five team. That's still out there. You think? I really I it's looking more and more like a green light, but like I think we might have to wait like forty years after LSU and Florida get swallowed up in the ocean. Well, that that helps too. Yeah, that that'll help, and they'll come migrate into this desert we've got here. Yeah, that'll <laughs> be good. So, that'll be good. It's gonna be. So Who else? Like Alabama's not. I mean, they're gonna be so hot. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the the South will turn into a literal swamp as opposed to a phys- figurative one. Yeah. Um, so you just got to wait that global out. Global warming is actually going to help Husker football. Yeah. Bring global. on Halliburton. Let's go. I'm totally down. 
that's like my nihilistic view is that, yeah, it's going to kill everything. But there, for a few years, we could build a football program because no one's got anywhere else to go. Well, but then you got to think about it. Like, you know, um, like all of those people are going to come here. We're not going to have any infrastructure. We might actually have to stop using taxpayer money to fund this institution and start like getting people jobs and paying for their food. Oh, right? no. Less important Oof. things than football. <laughs> Humans. How dare we? No. But anyway, I th- I think that's pro- that's the super long term. In the medium term, I mean, here's what Scott has to do. Scott's got to make a bowl game next year. So or at least scratch closer to than we did this year. He's got to go. Okay, I'd say if he wins Maryland and goes 5-7 and seven this year, that really shouldn't be much of it. That should not be looked at as an improvement from last year. So he needs to improve upon that again the next year. Yep. Like one of if the, we go, well, what, we were 4-8 and eight last year? 4-8 and eight last year. 4-8, and 5-7, and seven, an ugly, a good-looking 4-8, and eight, an ugly 5-7, and seven, a solid 6-6, six and six, a solid 8-4. and four. But do you see that solid 6-6 six and six realistically happening? Like given We that- have 6 Winnable. Ga- uh, that's why it would be a solid six and six. Okay. Let's look at the twenty twenty one Husker schedule. Twenty twenty one, we are boned. Yeah, we're in big trouble. But we, we got like oh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Michigan State, and like back to back to back. Not to mention, this is two years from now. Oh yeah, two years. From- so teams could look a lot different. Yeah. I really do think Oklahoma's time in the sun is starting to look a little bit less. All right, it's, Illinois it's and Ireland. Just try to hug a transfer quarterback and then. Illinois and Ireland, doable. Doable. Buffalo, doable. Even with this team, we beat Illinois on on what is probably one of our worst years of football in a long time. Yes. And what's one of Illinois' best years of football. But I'd say if we played Illinois now, we'd probably not win because they made some serious adjustments after they lost to us. (laughs) Imagine that, a team adjusting mid-year. Yeah, I know. That's insane. Yeah. Illinois is probably winnable in 2021. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, probably winnable in 2021. Sooners? No. Mm, no, no. Unless there was a huge backslide, which I could see happening, frankly, to the entire Big 12. Um, that that They've been running out of gas since uh, the mass exodus started, and I really do think that that's still, at a certain point, like – those programs are going to say, well, it's so damn hard for us to get to the playoff even if we have a good year. What's the point? And turn into kind of a Pac-12 style, like, you are there. You are regionally important. I am sure that people in that part of the country still pay attention to, I don't know, Pac-12 football. Them yeah, and losers like us who have nothing better to do on a Saturday night than stay up late and watch Oregon-Washington State. Um, which was a great game. It was a great game. It's, and it's also 100% of the reasons I'm jumping off the wazoo wagon as soon as this year ends. Because, dear Lord, Husker fans, I know we're very predis- predispositioned to heartbreak. You ain't seen nothing yet until you've tried to care about Washington State football. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah. All right. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Ohio State, probably all losses. Probably all losses, just off names alone. So, we've got two two wins, you know, so far. Northwestern, winnable. Winnable, but Northwestern rarely has, like, multiple down years in a row they're very fluctuatable so by the 
So by the way, this current cycle goes with that. Yeah, they'd have good year next year. So they have kind of an off year that year. We'll see. Like, we'll who see. knows? Northwestern who games knows? against us are unpredictable. Northwestern teams are unpredictable. Purdue. If we are not back to the point of beating Purdue, do we play them next year? We play them every year. We play them every year. We open with them next year. Yeah. If we lose to Purdue next year, Scott's gone maybe mid-season. You lose a season opener to Purdue? Oh, my God. So that's four, right? We're sitting at four. Four, given given some gradual improvement, given that, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. believe that Which Scott's... Is- sort of gets his crap together, maybe not completely, but we're not going to see the continual downslide, which is honestly optimistic at this point mm-hmm, to assume mm-hmm. that we're going to stay level at rock bottom than sliding under. Here's I just a- want to throw that out there because we did. Because I saw the game. That's where, I, that's where I'm at mentally. Yeah, absolutely. By week two occurs on the 23rd of October in 2021. Then you have... <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to run through this. Michigan, Iowa, southeastern Louisiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Southeastern Louisiana is... is the only win I see. Oh, the only for certain win that we have. For certain. Maybe some of these will be 50-50. I'm saying I'm imagining progress, right? Uh, Okay, okay. We have to imagine some level of progress for Husker football by this point. Oh, yeah. So if, then, if, if we assume Scott's around in 2021, there has to be some progress. Because, yeah, I think we both sort of know, and no one's really going to admit it. If he does this season again next year, we're, we're going to Florida State him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, we maybe hold on for one more year, because then we say we're just going to punt on 21. Which sucks for fans. And which people are going to hate. Do, do, do you think thing. we lose the sellout streak then? I think we might lose the sellout streak. Have we sold all our tickets? Are we selling tickets for next year yet? I don't know. But I you, think it's distinctly possible that we lose the sellout streak next year. Yeah, I. Yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, like I'm not going to the Iowa game this year. You're not? Because everyone at work tried to get Black Friday off and whoops. Guess um, I didn't get it, so I'm gonna miss like the first half of that. So by the time I got to the stadium, it wouldn't be worth it. Okay, yeah. But but what if just this is what I was thinking during my depression nap after the Purdue game because I I don't think I moved from the couch in like two hours. I was just laying down watching like Washington and Utah. Like, is this really happening? Is this real life? Mm-hmm. Is Husker football this bad? Mm-hmm. Is Frost not a savior? So. In that time, I was so mad. I'm thinking, what if just nobody showed up to the Iowa game? What, like, would it solve anything? No. No. It's, 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 in my mind, it's like Greta Thunberg above the climate panelist at the Huon. It's like, are this going to solve anything? No. Is it going to make the people in charge feel kind of bad about what they did? Bingo. You have stolen my childhood. Yeah, that's how I feel about this Husker staff. They're stealing my childhood right now. By losing to Purdue in a in the second year of a rebuild, that's how I feel. So if we want to make some grand gesture to just make them feel bad, don't show up to the Iowa game. The grand gesture is already happening. The grand gesture is Twitter that, after every game. Oh, you don't think that Twitter's s- always there though, but the butts in the seats are always there. If they if no one shows up to the Iowa game, and I'm not talking like actual no, but like if we draw thirty thousand. 
from like our oh. fans. Imagine what that would do to the higher ups. No one's gonna do that though because it's Iowa. Uh, I think the Wisconsin games turn out it's gonna be terrible. We play Maryland at Maryland, right? Yeah. Well, thank God because no one's gonna show up. I mean, maybe it's but like I. God, I don't want to go to the Wisconsin game. I'm gonna because I'm I gonna. bought the ticket yep. and I'm available to go. I I will probably go to the Iowa game, but I might be super late and get a terrible seat because I'm going Black Friday shopping that morning. Hey. So like, you know, I God, I don't care enough to like That's the that's the thing Sipple talked about in that column. Was it after the Purdue game? After the Indiana game, was this apathy column? Yeah, the apathy column I think speaks volumes. That is what this this university needs to be afraid of in the fan base, because of the relationship, because of the way it's worked out. It's gonna be hard to do the do the whole Eichhorst move on Moose. Yeah. Right, because also Moose brought in Hoiberg, and he brought in the new facility. And at a certain point, Moose seems almost more valuable than Scott Frost. And Frost, like, he was Moose's hire, and even if Frost does, in fact, continue his trajectory and not pan out, I still don't think Moose has to go with them, because Frost was 100%. I don't think anyone who said who says that they always knew all along is probably a liar. Mm-hmm. Frost was 100% the right hire at the time. Oh, I was, it seemed it, at least. Seemed, at least. But, like, find national media... Media who just does not care about Nebraska has no obligation to mm-hmm. pointing and saying that that was a good hire, that was a good move. This this administration saw the man they wanted and got him. I still think you need to have someone who knows how to do that in charge next time around. With maybe like if Frost does end up failing, we'd have to expand the parameters to somebody with a husband. Like, not just somebody with a Husker perspective who's done something good once. No, we'd need some form of consistency at the P5 level, and I just don't know who we'd find to get that, you know? We'd have to shell out even more money than we did for Scott. We would. Even more money than we did for Bo. I mean, it would probably be our most expensive signing ever. It it would. coach. Because the fans would almost... Because we've failed at basically every hiring route since we fired Solich. The Callahan was like... Let's nab somebody from the pros. That didn't go well. Pelini, let's hire an up-and-coming coordinator. Which worked. Yeah, it looking back our, on it, it worked. It moved our program forward. It right? Did. And, like, even though it didn't pan out in the end, I still think that the hiring of Pelini and the for certain the first few years of Pelini were a positive step. Can you imagine yes. if Pelini had had Frost records after Callahan? We like we wouldn't be here, right? So like, we 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 wouldn't be sitting talking about Husker football. I really do think it probably would have faded, and that is a really interesting question that we should get into more. And we're running out of time. Here. We are. We don't have time for any other blocks this week. That that's yeah. What were the other blocks even? Well, thankfully it's a bye week, so we can still talk about number one. Uh, I really want to talk about this next week. Uh, it'll officially be the 150th anniversary of college football's first game. So let's revisit just how stupid that sport used to be. Oh, absolutely. Can we talk about how Teddy Roosevelt had to tell him to stop killing each other? That's yeah. my favorite football story. It is. Kids, it look is. up the Drunk History show 
like uh, Drunk History from Comedy Central has a great episode about how Teddy Roosevelt had to invent the forward pass so less people died playing football. Oh, and the forward pass has a fascinating history. Oh, dude, it's so weird. And like how football was basically rugby but death. But anyway, we've got to wait till next week. We've got oh, like yeah, I got to bounce in like four minutes. I got notes about the start of it. Oh, so, yeah. Absolutely. We're going to chat about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, yeah, after after the Pellini hire was an up-and-coming coordinator. Why am I going back to this topic? Oh, yeah, yeah I tangent and I wanted to finish it. Then we went to Riley, which is the tenured P5 coach with so much experience but at here's the, the college thing. football level. But here's the, the thing was he hadn't won anything or done anything notable. That, that's fine, too. But, like, I think – Riley's a reactionary hire to Pellini. Riley was not – I really don't know. I, I'm convinced that there was a first choice we didn't get somewhere in there. I don't think so based on how quickly we hired him uh, and based on everything we, I-Course maybe, said. Maybe it's just because that first choice wasn't there. Like, it was not a particularly ripe coaching carousel, if I remember correctly. Uh, it kind of was. Like, it, it seems so at the time. Let me rephrase that. Right. The coaches from that – uh, coaching cycle not too many of them are really that much around like florida got somebody we were rumored to to be looking at and jim mcelwain of colorado state he's no longer at florida mm-hmm. um virginia the guy who i wanted back then was memphis's justin fuente who went to virginia tech and is there meh yeah uh, he's met currently and the only one i can say that has just taken their program above and beyond the, if we hired this guy, who knows? Uh, that would be Kirby Smart at Georgia. Mm-hmm. I get that they, yeah, they lost South Carolina, but still, they've made the, they made the playoffs once. They're consistently a, a division champion. And before that hire, you know, they were kind of in our spot, you know. They weren't like 9-4 and four every year, but they would always lose the big games when they hired a guy who could compete and win the big games. All right. Two minutes left. Run out of time. I have one question that I really want to talk about before we go. No problem. We talked a lot about if Scott's here in 2022. Mm-hmm. Is he? I hope that it's my reactionary I, thoughts are not the case. I really, really hope that he is who he says what, what he do you is. Think? He's, what do you think? If I had to put money on it. By the time I graduate this university, Scott Frost will not be the football coach. I disagree. I, I disagree. I, but I, I, ju- I think I just that don't see I how really... it gets better. If, 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 if we look this bad in year two, if we look this bad in year two, what, what makes me think that this guy can even develop a player? What makes me think that? You know, I guess that the cover was kind of like bare. He should at least be able to develop players from what they were last year. I can point out one guy who's improved on the whole darn team. One guy, Lamar Jackson, who's not even all that, is the only person I can say is unequivocally better than he was last year. I, even with the barest cupboards in the world, even if you took 22 random chuckleheads, shoved them out in Nebraska uniforms on the football field, you're one of Scott Frost. You're just learning the system of Scott Frost. And then year two, if they know the system, they should be better than they were year one. Even if you took the top five chuckleheads and threw them out the window and replaced them with five new chuckleheads. You know, those, you know, 17 remaining chuckleheads should still be better than they were year one. Okay? 
So what makes me think that when Frost is going around the country looking for new chuckleheads, that they're going to be better after they get here? I don't know. It just... I think our success in the future solely determines on what kind of chuckleheads Scott's going to rope into this program. And, yeah... That's where I think we are. And I don't know. Our recruiting is not looking bad this year. We should have a top five class in the Big Ten. It never looks bad. Yeah, it never looks bad. But given what he's done so far, you know, I really hope I'm wrong about this. But I do not see it going anywhere unless he gets his crap together. And, you know, yeah, exactly. I don't know what else to say besides that. So, Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. That is the show. We're... Yeah. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Always. <laughs>